everybody. It's good to, to be here. Uh, the reason why we are here is because my brother Henry, Henry, you need to stand up and take, you know, take a bow. Come on. <laughs> so we're finally visiting Henry and his family. It's so exciting. But um, now you may know Henry as this sort of suave, professional <laughs> man about town. But there is going to be... <laughs> But, well, well, yeah, okay, we'll come to that. But there's going to be a photo up here in a second, which is going to be a photo of how I remember Henry a few years ago. Michelle, I can totally see why you fell for him. So he grew up, and he did become this suave man about town or whatever. And amazingly enough, sometimes we don't quite understand, you know, how somebody as amazing and wonderful and lovely as Michelle managed to capture his heart and uh, say yes to him. And they produced these three amazing, beautiful, gorgeous girls who we get to come and visit. We're so, so excited. So yes, this is our first time actually coming and visiting them. Um, we came to New Zealand 20 years ago on a sabbatical, um, and we... We did a tour for four months of all, lots of different churches all around New Zealand. And uh, the big grand finale was Henry Michelle's wedding in, in Christchurch. All the family flew over. We had Christmas, New Year. It was so much fun. But um, finally, we've made it uh, back. And, um, and it's exciting to be here. Yes. So, uh, hello, everyone. Nice to be with you. Um, so, yes, we have uh, three sons who are 20 years ago. They're just little boys. And they came around, almost ruined the wedding. Um, but, they, uh, but they're now young men, and they all love Jesus. They're all really going with the Lord, which is incredible. Uh, they're starting to, starting to marry them off. I think we've got a photo of the family uh, on the screen. Uh, there we go. So uh, we've got three boys, and that was when our middle one uh, got engaged. Last year. They're now married. And um, very secretly, the one on the left with the ginger haze, he's going to propose the day after we get back. So that's very exciting as well. So we're In marrying fact, them off. The whole world know. We've been joking about this. Yes. The whole world know except her. She doesn't yes. know. So yes. she, hopefully she's, she's not watching the live stream. I know. So we'll be in big trouble. So anyway, so they're great. And they're... They're, they're fabulous young men, and we're very proud of them. And we're getting some women in the family. Yeah, yes. Poor Hannah's getting some liberation, some women after three boys. <laughs> and so we've been in church leadership um, all, all our life. Uh, so since we've been, well, all the time we've been married. So originally led a church plant in London, and then uh, Hannah's home church, and Henry's home church in Sheffield in northern England. And then we've, the Lord called us to the States uh, almost 16 years ago. So we've lived in the Oklahoma City, uh, northeast Ohio by the Great Lakes, and for eight years we've been in Southern California. Uh, and, uh, so, and for the past five years, we've been particularly, while we're part of a local church, we've been particularly serving the wider church. And we feel that our focus is we equip churches to do naturally supernatural discipleship and mission. In other words, okay, change your mic. All right, fine. Oh, yeah, that's a bit better, isn't it? So we, we help churches do naturally supernatural discipleship and mission. In other words, how do you um, grow as a follower of Jesus? How do you share your faith in the power of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, we have a little, uh, we call that dandelion resourcing. So yeah, that's I'm going to explain again in a minute. So we'll talk about that in a minute. 
So a fun story for you. So we live in L- um, we live in Long Beach, which is basically Greater Los Angeles. So of course, big film industry all around there. And our eldest Joel, who was with the red hair, um, twenty five years old. So he he sort of works in that world a tiny little bit. Does a bit of acting or whatever so the the other day he was filming um a commercial for the women's football world cup and so he was uh, he he was off to the set or whatever and um as he arrived on set the the security guard in the car park where he went he um there was something that the lord basically drew his attention to this guy and there was something about him and joel felt oh there's i need to talk to him i need to share my faith with him but anyway he was he he needed to get on with this this um, this acting thing, so he said, "Lord, if you want me to speak to him, then he needs to still be there when I come out of this um, acting gig." So he does the acting; it was also fun. And then uh, afterwards, he he comes he comes across this guy again, and so he goes up to him and he just starts chatting with him. Hey, you know what you're doing? Da da da, whatever. And um, he he pivots the conversation. Says, Are you, "I just wondered if you're at all spiritual." And he says, "Well, no, but but my grandmother is, and she's been talking to me about." stuff and actually I'm, I'm interested and so Joel said I'd love to pray for, uh, the com- uh, this I'm condensing it a lot but uh, Joel said I'd love to pray for you would that be okay and this guy says sure so Joel prays and asks the Holy Spirit to come and afterwards he just said how do you feel and this guy said I feel really good I feel really good in fact um, all day I've had this backache and as soon as you approached me the backache's gone and it's just not been there since and Joel's thinking oh this is great you know maybe I've got the anointing of Paul you know handkerchiefs or whatever my shadows healing people I don't know whatever but he basically explains you know Jesus loves to heal and and you know Jesus changes lives and he shares some of his faith and his testimony and who Jesus is and the life that Jesus brings and this guy is just sort of he can tell his sort of heart's being drawn and pulled and whatever and so Joel gets the stage and he says you know, this is the difference that Jesus makes. Would you be interested in in surrendering your life to Jesus, giving your life to Jesus? And he said, yeah, I actually would. So he prays like a prayer of salvation with him uh, right then and there. And this guy says, "This, I just feel so good. I feel so light and free. I'm going to go to church with my grandmother this Sunday. So uh, the Lord, please may he and may you capture his heart fully. But um, but yeah, I mean, this we want to sort of encourage you. We're going to sort of speak more today about how we can all just step into this life, you know, wherever we are, whatever we're doing in the Monday, in the everyday, of just pursuing the Lord, pursuing, you know, those Holy Spirit nudges. We often call it like a Holy Spirit dig in the ribs where you know and you go, oh, Lord, please know, whatever. But, you know, you just feel you need to say something or do something or whatever it is. And, and that's for all of us. So. Okay. so we've got a Bible reading. So I think you're going to do that, so I'll put it up here. So if you've got a Bible, do you want to turn to Mark chapter 16? We're going to read verse 1. If you don't, uh, you can listen. Oh, it's going to be on the screen. There you go. So you can either read on screen or get your own Bible out, turn it on on your phone, whatever's easiest. And Hannah's going to read our text to us. So it's the whole chapter. So chapter 16. So when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. 
Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he'd driven seven demons. She went and told those who'd been with him and were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen them, they didn't believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Uh, Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands and drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So uh, just a couple things just to pick up there. Uh, Firstly, did you notice uh, the fact that everyone's surprised and amazed when Jesus rises from the dead? Even though he's kind of tagged this along the way and said, this is what's going to happen. So they're surprised, there's amazement, they're caught out by it. Um, But there's a space where they kind of get to wrestle this stuff through. So if you're someone here and you're kind of checking out Christian faith or you're, you know, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, um, it's okay to come with questions. It's okay to, to ask what's going on here. It's okay to think. Um, you know, God's not opposed to that stuff. For me, my journey to faith, I don't come from a Christian family, unlike Hannah and Henry. And, um, but for me, the, the thing that kind of really tipped myself into faith was, uh, well, one, seeing the difference that the Holy Spirit made in people's lives. But secondly, it was the evidence for the resurrection. And actually, the resurrection is one of the most... Um, provable things that you can find from anything from a history of 2,000 years ago. There's, a, there's tons of evidence for it. I haven't got time to do it all now, but like the fact that over 500 people saw him at one time, that there's all these different eyewitness accounts of the resurrection, the fact that the Roman authorities weren't able to, to kind of quench this story, which they would have quite been able to do. Um, and also just the sheer difference that happens in the life of the disciples. So here's a bunch of cowardly custards, it's a technical term that, and they're, you know, they're locking themselves in this room, they're terrified, they think their leaders died and they've kind of given up all hope and yet suddenly they get transformed into world transformers and all of them ended up dying for their faith so it talks about the 11 it would have been 12 but Judas Iscariot was the betrayer so there's 11 there we know from history all of them were martyred all of them were killed for their faith which is not something you're willing to do if you know this is a made-up story that's not something you're willing to do if you've got a bit of suspicion about it all that they they encountered something that happened after Jesus died and more than that, they themselves were transformed. And we want to kind of talk a bit more about this. So they turn from being kind of broken, inept. I mean, the Bible is quite unsparing in how it paints the, the disciples. Like they get stuff wrong, they're dummies, they don't understand. You know, one time one of them has to be rebuked and says, get behind me, Satan. I mean, it's a, that, that, like they are not perfect, elevated people. So I like that because I, I can relate to that. 
Um, and yet somehow, as they choose to start to follow Jesus, uh, we have this, and this passage talks about the Holy Spirit comes into them, which is God's Spirit. And as they choose to follow, the Spirit comes into them and they get transformed and they become these bold, powerful um, followers of Jesus. And they're empowered by the Spirit to do amazing miracles and signs and wonders, like the healing the sick. And the, it talks about the snake stuff, so whether that's literal or whether it's a metaphor for spiritual warfare, the Bible often talks about Satan as being like a snake. However you want to understand that. But we, we're given, if you choose to follow Jesus, those who are, we're given this great spiritual authority, which we get to use to represent Jesus as we go out into the city, as we go to our families, our friends, our schools, our workplaces, wherever. And so that's what we wanted to, just a kind of a little framing uh, comment there about this. And then if you think about Easter, Easter is unto something. Easter is unto something. Now, that there's, this, there's the most obvious unto, and, and again, this, this text talks about this in verse, I think, 15 and 16. Um, just in it, it talks about, I'll just put it up here so I can read it to you. Uh, it says that, um, he says, so the commissioner given is go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. So there's this, that the core message is we can find a place for our sins, the stuff we've done wrong, to be cleansed, to be wiped away, to be forgiven. So, in, so salvation at one level is about our souls the inner core of who you are, being saved from the mess we got into and, and united with God for an eternity, which is beautiful. It's the most incredible gift ever. And that's one, if you've, if you've not received that gift, that's something I'd really urge you to consider doing, like Joel's friend we heard the story of uh, did this week. But more than that, it's not just we get to go to heaven when we die. It's more than that because salvation, as the Bible talks about it, is something that's holistic. It impacts every aspect of our existence. So God wants to transform you so that you can transform your workplace. God wants to transform that stuck relationship in your life. God wants to help you be someone who looks and breathes and sounds different to, to the to the bit of you that you, you kind of don't really like or the bit of you that get frustrated with he wants to transform and revolutionize everything within us and through us to revolutionize everything around us and that's that's this beauty of what jesus does in our lives through the power of his holy spirit through jesus being raised from the dead and then he releases his holy spirit upon us always his followers uh, we are we are all enabled to do incredible things for god yeah, and one of the things we love about all this is that it's, it's about all of us. Sometimes, you know, you read the Bible and you think you've got to be super holy or wise or experienced to go and do all this stuff. But it's, it's not. It's for everybody, uh, whether you've been a Christian for two minutes or, you know, 20 years, whatever it is. Uh, in fact, we were, we were in Christchurch last week. We were working with a church, uh, Southwest Baptist, down there for about 10 days. And um, we were doing some teaching and training. And there was one particular moment we were teaching on healing and how to pray for the sick. And uh, so we'd done this training, and this, this guy came up to us. He was actually a Swiss guy. And he came up to Alex, and he said, I really want you to pray for me. I've got something wrong with my shoulder. Can you pray? So Alex prays, um, and he gets this, like, partial healing. that the, the shoulder's way better, but not totally. So Alex prays again. That's one thing we've discovered. If it doesn't happen the first time, but you see some improvement, let, let's pray again. And um, so prayed again, and this time, he, not, not quite the whole pain has gone, but pretty much. Anyway, we get him to come up and testify, and by the time he comes up and testifies and tells his story, he says, the whole, every, all the pain's completely gone. Uh, Jesus has healed me. So then we say, okay, who else has got pain or sickness? Who would like healing? So, of course, all these hands go up. 
And so we say, okay, right, stand, you know, to, to the side of the room or whatever. Everybody else, go around and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for these people. So, and it was really good because afterwards we heard all these stories of, of different healings happening. So there was a guy we heard the other day. And I mean, even afterwards, we didn't even hear about them all there in the, the sort of the moment. We, the, the stories are continuing to trickle through. And this guy had this ankle pain for like 19 years, and uh, he's had no more pain ever since the, the people around him prayed. And um, also, there, there was a guy, there was an 18-year-old boy who for nine years had had a rugby injury and wasn't able to, you know, to... Up, move properly and his friend his best friend pray for him another 18 year old and um again all that the pain disappeared and he's going you know for the first time for nine years i can do particular movements or whatever and it's exciting you know when you know all of us have a part to play uh, you know it's we we can all do this whether it's in a sort of a christian sort of you know teaching moment or a ministry moment or church or whatever but out on the streets we've seen this happen as well which is so exciting so in fact we have the so alex mentioned earlier that our uh, ministry is dandelion resourcing so um so that came about we were sort of doing sort of wider church ministry and we thinking, okay what's a good name uh, coming up, up with all these Christian cliches weren't quite right. And I remember we were driving into our, um, our neighbourhood one day and I had this picture of this like dandelion seed head. And I said, what about dandelion? And he said, that's totally right. And it's basically this image of um, sort of the, the seeds and the wind coming along. Or James was even saying, you know, a few days ago with his daughter, he, you know, they were picking dandelions and just blowing them. And it's just this lightness and this freedom and this ease. And they, 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 the seeds go everywhere. And I have this love-hate relationship with dandelions because they're all over our front lawn and they're an absolute pain to get rid of, you know, digging them out or whatever. And thinking, yeah, but this is what we've named our ministry. And there's something <laughs> good about this too but anyway it's it's i mean i mean the whole picture is we just need to posture ourselves we need to be obedient to the lord step out in faith obedience whatever it is and trust that the holy spirit is going to blow on our words or on our obedience or praying for the sick or whatever it is and it's it's just lightness we don't have to strive and work at it but it's it's our posture and then the holy spirit comes and he blows on our obedience or whatever it is and he just sends those seeds wherever every nook and cranny you know dandelions are everywhere and it's just, the, the, you know, it's just so organic, you know, you know, maybe it's a little weedy um, dandelion, maybe it's a big one, who knows. But, you know, again, those seeds just sort of proliferate. But that's the whole idea about each one of us. It's just the ease of the mm. spirit blowing on us. So good. Uh, anyone here like to be that kind of be a bit kind of dandelion-y sort of person you can get sent out all right so you may say, well, how do I do this? So we've got just a very simple phrase we wanted to give to you today, which is two words, persistent expectancy. Just turn to your neighbour and say, you need persistent expectancy. Okay, persistent expectancy. So we're just going to just explain those two words for you and what we mean by them. So the first word is persistent. We have to become persistent. There's a parable in Matthew 17 um, where it says this. After the transfiguration, the other disciples tried to cast out a demon of a boy. So I cast a demon out of a boy and it didn't work. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. 
Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's Matthew 17, 19. So what Jesus teaches them is that the reason they couldn't drive this demon out of this boy, in this instance, by the way, that's one thing you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do, to set people free from the oppression of the evil one. But the reason they couldn't there was due to the limitations of their faith. And Jesus says, you only need faith as small as a little teeny tiny mustard seed and then nothing will be impossible. And so he's trying to teach us a principle here. And I think what Jesus is showing us here is this, this little faith we need to have is, um, what, what, uh, say that again, what we often fall prey to is we have a little faith, a small faith. It's too small. And often what he means is it's a faith that is slight in intensity and short in time. Often our faith is too slight, it's not intense enough, it's not slight in intensity, and it's short-lasting, short in time. So if you want to flip that over, put it positively, the sort of faith Jesus is calling us to have, and we hear in those narratives around the resurrection we read to you earlier, the sort of faith we need to have is a faith that is tenacious and persevering. Tenacious and persevering. So it's tenaciously, perseveringly, intensely, unshakably locked onto God and his goodness. We don't get blown off course the first time something we pray for doesn't happen. Too many of us have a brief faith. For instance, we try for that healing and it doesn't happen. And maybe perhaps we pray once, maybe twice, and then we walk away if it doesn't happen pretty much immediately and I think the problem with our culture is we live in a culture of immediacy but you can't microwave disciples of Jesus and so the consequences Jesus wants us to hear this the consequences because we want everything so immediately that we're not willing to persevere sometimes we have to fight sometimes we have to persevere in a situation and Jesus says the consequence of our brief faith is that it's keeping us from miracles so we were um, walking the other day, we were visiting friends down in Blenheim and we went for this lovely walk up this hill. We could actually see the North Island from the top of this hill and we're just praying for, for this talk, we're praying for you guys, for this church and we, uh, your name came to mind, Capital Vineyard and we, we don't know why it was named that, we assume it's because of the capital city but... Um, that the other thought, the, a different type of capital came to mind of like, you know, capital is often associated with finances, but in terms of resources, you have this capital that the Lord has entrusted to you, that the Lord has given you almost like spiritual and relational capital. And it's how are you going to invest it and what are you going to do with that that capital that the Lord has given you. And so, um, so yeah, so it's just, uh, we want to encourage you, you have this precious, this valuable capital. Um, so how, how is that going to come around? Maybe it's, um, you know, he's, he's giving each one of us his presence, his peace. So when people around us are stressed or fearful, you know, it's bringing that peace and the presence of Jesus into those situations. Maybe it's insight into solving problems. Maybe it's bringing the life-giving words of Jesus into a particular moment or situation. Maybe it's healing power, all sorts of different types of healing. But, you know, where is the Lord calling you to invest this capital? Uh, If we think about the Lord's Prayer, part of it is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or hopefully what you guys are praying is, your kingdom come, your will be done in Wellington as it is in heaven. And that should be our heart's cry. Wherever we live, for us, it's Long Beach. You know, bring your kingdom because, you know, it's only the kingdom of God that can transform people and situations. So what I'd love you to do is just pause for a minute and just think 
the person or a place or a situation that needs or that you would long to see the presence, the kingdom of God come into. And we're just, just going to bring that to mind for, for a, a few seconds. And then now let's just pray. Let's just pray specifically for that personal place or situation. The Lord would bring his kingdom to bear in that, in, in that place. So one of the places uh, that we would think of is our street where we live uh, back in California. And um, we've been living there seven and a half years and we've just sought to faithfully represent Jesus in that place. So we've got to tons of our neighbours. Uh, we, we quite often do parties and all sorts of things just to kind of build connections. We walk with people, hang out with them. And um, there's a, and try and represent Jesus here. There's a couple two doors up, uh, Cheko and Robin. She is half Japanese. So she was brought up in a Buddhist home. Um, he's kind of got a bit of Christian in his background. And we've become really good friends with them. So right at the beginning of COVID, that first um, few weeks in, we I think it was a bit different here, but in California, we went into lockdown pretty early. Um, Easter day, uh, we decided to do a... Easter, there's no church services, yeah, it's lockdown. Everything's yeah. closed down. Yeah. So we actually wrote to the street, we sent a letter around to the street and just talked about being there for one another and we'd love to help if you need anything and blah, blah, blah. But one of the things we said, we're going to do a little Easter day service on our front lawn with the dandelions. Uh, so we said, invited people to come and everyone was socially distancing and no one quite knew what to do. And do you remember the first stages? No one quite knew what the deal is. But there was a very spread out. So we did this little short 15 minute service and Checo's there. We were amazed she showed She's up. She's with a mask on. She's sort of on, on the pavement, not even yes. on on the lawn she's like yes. very distant yeah. from everybody very L- fearful very fearful and so Hannah just asked you know at some point anyone thing we need to pray for for anyone and she she basically said she had I think it was a stomachache she, she just said I've got stomach a stomachache so, so I said oh you know can I pray for you and she said sure so sort of you know it was she was a fair way away and I just said you know Jesus thank you that you love Checo we just pray that you bring healing to her right now in Jesus name and it was like short simple didn't ask anything we just sort of carried on with what we were doing had no idea what happened and then uh we went around that cycle and then we had a second cycle round of covid came through again and robin caught covid and i texted us oh i'll come around and pray for you from a distance uh, so i go and pray for him and jesus healed him of his covid everything went away he got totally healed um and so that was super cool and then i saw him a few weeks later went around we have a we often we often meet up in a, around the fire pit, have a drink in an evening, and so we were, we meet to hang out. And when I arrived, he, he he's out back getting everything started, and Checo comes out, and um, they they st- and Robin goes, oh, you know, here's Alex, and he's the one who heal- healed me. He's he's my healer. And Checo goes, well, but Hannah's my healer, and she <laughs> she she healed me. And turns out that when she prayed for that time, she was completely healed. Uh, and then they'd speak. St- they proceed to have an argument about which one of us is the better healer. <laughs> and then literally about a month ago, we were out meeting with another neighbour chatting yeah. and Checker comes over and we're chatting on the fr- out front. And she proceeds to have this same thing about Hannah is my healer and she year, does she miracles. She performs this miracle. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah right. And this theology, guy, don't correct the theology. No, don't correct the theology. 
you know, know, and this other guy is just going, what on earth is going on here? But actually, after that, we had a good spiritual conversation with well, him. Because well. he was out of work, and we, we'd said, I mean, he was very hostile to Christianity, but we just said, oh, we're praying for you to get a great job, better job than before. And he actually stopped, when he got his job, he stopped and thanked us. He said, thank you for praying for me. Yeah. I've got this incredible job. So I just want to encourage you, with your friends, you might seem a long way from Jesus. People are, people are very open to spiritual stuff. If you do it in authentic, loving, got to be loving gracious manner and kind manner to people so god can do that stuff in our lives so that's persistence we want to encourage you to be persistent the other word we'll wrap up quickly but the other word is expectancy so in the bible we read in psalm 5 verse 3 in the morning i lay my request before you and wait expectantly so in the ancient world faith and belief was meant to inform our action and activity however in our culture we seem to think that we can believe something without acting on it, which is not what the Bible means by faith. So the Bible wants us to have an expectancy that we put into practice what we say we believe. So another word for expectancy is boldness. We need to have a bold, expectant faith that we really trust God for things. So there's a great example, I think our standard for boldness comes at the end of in the book of Acts chapter 4, there's this story of Peter and John uh, being arrested for talking about Jesus and they, get, they get, go to jail and they go before the, the, the governing authority and they get severely told off. And they go back to this amazing prayer meeting. And in the prayer meeting, they'll say, let's pray for more of the very thing that's just got us into trouble. So they pray for more of like God's empowering and his boldness to talk about Jesus. And then it's, and, and they pray for boldness. And then it says, it ends with this amazing kind of couple of verses. It says that... Um, the, the room where they were meeting was shaken uh, and they were then, the Holy Spirit came and filled every one of them and they then went out and talked about Jesus with great boldness. And so I love the idea that God wants to do that uh, in and through us, that he can, he can use us with a kind of openness and a candor and a freedom in speaking and a, and, a, and a cheerful courage in how we share our faith. And so it's the Holy Spirit, of course, and we, we have nothing in our own strength, but it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us and anoints us to proclaim good news, to proclaim freedom for the poor and um, recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free. And that's what Jesus wants to do through us. It's amazing. He, he can do all this on his own and he chooses to partner or get us to partner with him. And, you know, it's, it's I mean, what an honour and privilege to bring those things to the people around us. So God is wanting to heal the sick. He's wanting to declare true identity over a confused generation. He's wanting to speak destiny over people. You know, all those good works that have been prepared in advance for each one of us to do. And so many people have no idea, okay, why am I here? But God wants to speak destiny over them. He wants to set the captives free. He wants to see souls saved for all eternity. He wants to see Wellington transformed. And so, you know, he wants us to partner with him. And so... So it's just thinking about, you know, how does God want to use us, bringing to mind the different people, situations in our lives, and, and, and how do we step into that more? Is it he's, he's wanting us to be bolder and to um, share our faith more boldly with other people? Is it just he's wanting us to share the story of what Jesus has done in our lives and how he's um, helped us with depression or fear or sickness or whatever it is, and just sharing that story with other people around us? Is it sharing God's story and who he is and the life that he brings? Or is it just, you know, asking to, to pray for people when they're stressed, when they're fearful, when they're, when they're sick, whatever it is, and just say, I'd love to pray for you. Would that be okay? And just bring the presence of Jesus into that moment. So, um, yeah, how do you want to... Would it be right if we prayed for you for some of that stuff? Would that be okay? 
So why don't, uh, let's put our stuff down. Do you want to stand with us? And band, if you're, you want to come back up. We'll just take a couple of minutes and we'll just ask God to come and meet us where we're at. So again, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, I know there's going to be a whole range of um, experiences right now in this room, so that's fine. But just wherever you are, I believe that what God wants to do is to meet you and just take you that next step. Okay? He doesn't have to blow everything apart, but I think God is a good, kind, gracious God. Wherever you are in your journey, um, he wants to help you take that next step. So we're going to wait on him for a moment. Um, if it's helpful for you, so I, I quite like often hold my hands out just as a sign of openness to God. I, I want to receive whatever you've got for me. If, if it helps you concentrate, close your eyes. But there's no ma- it's not magic. You can do whatever you like. Do what works for you. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Thank you that you know me. Thank you that you know everything about my life right now. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the tricky stuff. Thank you that you love me nevertheless. just as we keep in that prayerful posture, just in your mind, just, just kind of focus on Jesus. But I think the first thing I think the Lord wants to do is, I think he, for some of you, you just, he's also to experience afresh his love for you. Um, if you're not quite sure how to process that you can talk to Jesus quietly about it you can say a great question you could ask him is Jesus um, what part of me do you really love he might just bring something to mind don't forget his voice is always is going to be full of encouragement and comfort and strengthening compassion he doesn't bring condemnation. He might bring conviction, but he he brings so much goodness into us. Just listen for that voice in your spirit. And then it's remembering that the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, that's why we're here today celebrating the resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in each one of us if if we've surrendered our lives to Jesus. And he wants to come with his fullness and his presence and his power for us, but also to impact those around us. So if you want more of the Holy Spirit's presence and power for yourself, but also just to bring into the situations and places that you find yourself in. Again, just posture your heart before the Lord and just say, Lord, I want more of your spirit. Just say that to him. And it says that the Holy Spirit loves to give, the, the Father loves to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask.
just um, related to that. When we were worshipping earlier, the picture I had for this church was of um, this place being like a seed pod. And it was ripe and full and rich. And then gradually, well, I saw it's just in in a good sense, in the ripeness, it split open and these seeds were being sent out and blown across the city. So I believe that part of what the Lord's going to do with you all as a community in this next season, I think there's going to be a greater sense of sending and a greater impact into this city. So I think if that resonates with you, as you think about where you spend your week at school, or work or neighbourhood or whatever it is that you do, your clubs, your interests, just imagine yourself being sent there afresh now. And if you think, oh, I don't have great words and I don't have much theology and I mess it up or I'm a bit anxious, just remember those first disciples. They were completely useless. You'd never have picked them. And yet Jesus used them and they transformed the world. So if he can use them, he can definitely use you. Okay, so I think we're going to worship a little. And also, while we're doing this, if you would like uh, prayer ministry, we'd love to pray with you. I know there's a ministry team here. You can come and join in. So if you have any particular need, something out of today that particularly spoke to you, like someone just to pray for you from it, if you have need for healing. Maybe even you're here today and you're thinking, we talked about that friend of our son's, Joel's, that, well, that guy he met. He chose to start to follow Jesus this week. And maybe this is the moment for you to choose to start to follow Jesus so if that's you, you could just we'd love someone would love to pray with you. Just come to the front and join in with the mass and just mention that when someone offers to pray with you and that they'd love to pray with you about that. So if you like prayer, come forward. If you want to stay in your seats, worship, that's great as well. That's a totally cool response as well. So we'll just do that for a few minutes. And James will lead us. These guys will lead us. All right. Okay. So do what you want to do. If you want to come forward, come forward. Team, prayer team, come forward or worship where you are.
Come apart, come apart 